We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, Paul Clement had mentioned that Stephen Kingsley will start at uh, left back. Yeah, he, he said that straight out that he's going to play so um, now he probably won't play yeah <laughs> hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast my name is andrew laird senior soccer editor of rotowire.com i'm joined today for a premier league conversation with chris owen chris thanks for coming back on yeah, appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, some good matches this weekend. Yeah, we get to make up for last week's three-game DFS slate, four games overall for season long, which was just ugly to get through. I guess Taga made it a five-game slate, which was nice for some people. But uh, yeah, we've got full 10, 10 games this week. Let's jump right in. Uh, the first match kicks off at 8.30 Eastern. We have a nice little extra hour thanks to the U.S. Um, pushing our clocks uh, forward, excuse me, in Europe still uh, a little bit behind, so we'll happily take the later games. I think it helps with the fill the DraftKings and FanDuel <clears throat> and Yahoo contest too, because people just have a little little more time to get in. But uh, the first one is West Brom hosting Arsenal. Uh, West Brom. These are kind of basically my two favorite teams this year. Uh, West Brom looks like they're going to be without Matt Phillips again, and they just haven't been able to get a ton going without him. But uh, Arsenal are kind of totally hit or miss this season. Uh, you never know what to expect from them. They're 
I don't know what to ever think. So what do you think about this one? <laughs> um, well, I think I expect Arsenal to uh, to kind of bounce back from a couple of recent, at least that Champions League hangover. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Brom really struggled against Everton last weekend. And I was surprised. I don't believe Chris Brunt played. I think he was out of the lineup as, uh, along with Phillips. So that was interesting to see. Yep. Um, I expect him to come back into the lineup with uh, – with Phillips out again. So that's uh, one player I'll definitely be targeting this week is Brunt, uh, just because, you know, he's going to have to fill the void of Matt Phillips. Uh, it'll be a tough, a difficult task against Arsenal, but regardless, I like uh, Brunt this weekend. Yeah, it looks like Brunt played 15 minutes off the bench oh, okay. coming on probably for McLean or something like that. But yeah, yeah, it, it's weird to see them try to do anything without Brunt or Phillips because, I mean, those are basically the two main guys, I guess, Salomon Rondon was rested also, um, or at least didn't start. So I'm not sure what Tony Pulis was trying to get out of the, out of that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Arsenal side, like, obviously Alexis Sanchez is the guy. Um, Mesut Ozil's kind of been more missed than hit this year. And I just feel like all the other peripheral pieces are the same way. Like, they're not – none of them are really that cash game safe. Aaron Ramsey's – has been awful. Um, Mustafi's like a red card waiting to happen. Or, excuse me, Shaka is a red card waiting to happen, although Mustafi isn't uh, innocent himself. So, I don't know. It's, it's almost like it's crazy to think. Well, I guess Sanchez is the top play, but it's like weird to think that Arsenal against West Brom and like the second best option might be Chris Brunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting to see. Uh, we'll, we, I mean, we might get the return of Denny Welbeck too this weekend. Mm-hmm. He's uh, nearing full fitness and uh, could definitely see him back in the starting lineup. I know, I think, I believe, uh, uh, yeah, Oxlade Chamberlain will, he's going to have to undergo a fitness test ahead of the match as well. And so that might give uh, the, the chance for uh, Welbeck to see maybe, I don't expect him to start, but maybe see some minutes off the bench. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Jose Mourinho said earlier this week that he would have never sold Danny Welbeck if he was at Man United, which seems like a weird guy to to harp on. Like he said, he wouldn't have, he never would have sold Di Maria, never would have sold Chicharito, and then never would have sold Welbeck. And I'm like, man, those three are just. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure those are the three you'd ever expect to be talking about together, but yeah, whatever. I might I might be a little bit biased, but uh, I I tend to just kind of tune Jose Mourinho out mm-hmm. and just whatever the, the press conference is. Besides if it's injury news, and I'll, I'll definitely tune into that. But uh, <laughs> right. I have a hard time listening to the, you know, listening to Jose. He's just, you know, there's one, it's one thing or another. So Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's jump into the uh, the main DFS slate, which is a, um, a six-gamer. We have, uh, the, so it starts at 11 o'clock Eastern, which is always nice. The first one it should be a, a fantastic match. Sunderland home against Burnley. Um, I know. Uh, calm down, Chris. Calm down. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> uh, we have, it seems like you should go right after Jermaine Defoe, um, as, unless you're scared of Tom Heaton, um, which he's shown at times this year is, you know, a reasonable way to think. But, um do you think this is one of those lower club, lower team games that ends three, 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 or? I think it... it's. I'm kind of on a, a different. I I expect this game to like maybe a nil nil draw or like one o two o, um to either. I have no idea. Is this on the road for Burnley? Yes, it's at the Stadium okay. of Light. So. so so yeah, Sunderland will probably win one o then. 
But I don't, I don't see Burnley. I don't, I don't think they've won a game on the road yet this season. Correct. Yeah, so I, I see Sunderland winning this, but I, uh, I don't expect a ton of goals. Um, that, with that being said, that's I went with Tom Heaton in that uh, for my DraftKings lineup. He's at uh, forty seven hundred, and I tend to uh, when I make a DFS lineup, I goalkeeper. I, I tend not to spend up on it. Mm-hmm. I usually just try to try to get the value pick in there, just because it's it's kind of a fickle position where you, you don't really. I, I just there's no guarantees, so. I uh, I usually go a little bit on the lower end, and that's why I went with Heaton this weekend. Yeah, it's goalkeeper is just so frustrating. Um, a lot of people go with the cheapest home goalkeeper, which is uh, something I wrote about in, in our DraftKings piece this week, that um, Pickford's actually the second cheapest homekeeper. Uh, Lee Grant is first, who's home against Chelsea, which, um, you know, we can get to him <laughs> in a minute. But, yeah, uh, yeah the Heaton thing... I. I I'm just not sure who to play in this game. Like, I, I, I don't think either side's really. Yeah, I, I guess it should be closer to zero zero than than two two. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody Robbie would be. Brady, maybe if yeah, I was going to say Brady is. You know, he was a pretty simple cash game play a few weeks ago, and his price has gone up. And uh, he didn't start last week, but he's just not crossing as much in open play, which is kind of a bummer. And then. On the Sunderland side, you have Yanazai and Seb Larson kind of splitting corners, which you don't really want either of those guys anyway. Um, you're going to have Defoe for the goals. Um, yeah. I guess you could get cute and go with Barini if you want, but you're kind of expecting to – I mean, again, Burnley are pretty bad on the road, but um, they're, they've been better, I guess. Can we even say that? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I guess. And then I'm sure plenty of people will get sucked into Brian Oviedo because, like, Burnley give up a ton of crosses. So it's like, I feel like this is, you get this whole, like, I'm going to play these guys when they're home against Burnley, and we may have found the situation where you don't. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. I guess, I mean, there's really only two, three players I'd consider in this game, and that's Defoe, Brady, and Heaton. Mm -hmm. Just from a goalkeeping, uh, for a goalkeeper. But yeah, other than that, I'm. I mean, Oviedo is an option, but I, I think I have to steer clear of him. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, he's kind of hit or miss because he had he had like a nine-tackle game, I think it was, which just totally throws you off because tackles are just so unreliable. I mean, yeah. at least on the upper end, like you're not going to see guys with nine tackles. You're going to see many more guys with nine crosses, which is why we tend to focus on that, but... Um, I mean, Oviedo does kind of check off a lot of boxes, but ugh, ugh. I got, I got to steer clear of him. So <laughs> I just got to put it there. Okay, okay, that'll help. That'll help me get uh, move on from there. Uh, next game should be a little more uh, entertaining. Everton hosting Hull. We have Lukaku, obviously, who's in awesome form. Um, Kevin Morales got a start last week, which was a bit surprising, um, but. And he's kind of so hit or miss when he does play. He split corners with Gareth Barry, which is um, something I can't imagine anybody saw coming. That still doesn't make Barry worth much consideration. I don't even know if Barry starts because he he hadn't been. Idrissi Gueye was on the bench, so you know who knows what happens there. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ross Barkley? Um, I'm not I, I'm not a huge Barkley guy. It sounds like uh, they got. Uh... He's in some contract uh, situation right now. As far as this game, I'm 
I just like Lukaku is the, the biggest play. He's also one of the most expensive players in this slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barkley's done better recently, and I believe does Morales tends to take the uh, set pieces if he's in the lineup, correct? Usually, I yeah. Believe. So, yeah. So if Morales is in the lineup, then I'm a little bit uh, – I'm not as high on Ross Barkley, but if Morales is out, then I'm – you know, he's he carries a little bit more weight. Yeah. Morales is one of those that, like, you get him for – the set pieces. And then of course he scored last weekend, uh, and only had three crosses. So I feel like he and Barkley are are kind of the same. Like they quietly get double digit points more often, but then every time I roster them, they have two points. And so it like, obviously that's not sound fantasy advice, but (laughs) I I should just let everybody know when I go to take them because then you know, to fade them. But yeah, Barkley, Barkley was a weird one for me this week just because I, I just can't I can't nail him down. And if he's not on set pieces, like that's a significant part of his floor that just isn't there. But they're the biggest favorite on the slate. They're expected to score the most goals. Obviously, Lukaku can't assist on his own goals, so you got to get those from somewhere. Um, do you think it's more likely to come from Barkley or from Seamus Coleman? I'd say Barkley. Definitely Barkley there over Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that being said, Lukaku's really my only... I mean, it sounds like Leighton Baines will also return uh, to the lineup this weekend. But uh, just because he uh, last... I think he, I believe he was taken off at halftime of yep. last week's game with a back injury, and it uh, sounds like he's fit this weekend. Okay. So that's enough. I would take Baines over Coleman. I'm not sure. I'm sure they're pretty similar in price, but... And Coleman's usually a little more expensive just because he... Yeah, he's uh, 6100 where Yeah, he's where pricey. Is Definitely pricey. Um, the, the, the bummer for me is that I got so used to playing Camille Groshicki for Hull. Um, who just Same. I mean, you don't see guys with 13 shots and like 30 crosses in the last three games much. But uh, he's hit... 15, 12, and 13 fantasy points in his last three games, no goals and no assists. And 6,800 is like, that's a decent price, but at yeah. at Everton, like Everton's another one. They're so hit or miss. Um, they're obviously better defensively at home. So they're pushing yeah. for Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I've been hearing that the last week about Everton going for Europe, and I got <clears throat> to have a chuckle at that. Yeah. I mean, They've only allowed 10 goals at home. Uh, obviously, so that's a, that's the same as United at Old Trafford, and it's uh, just a little more than Chelsea and Spurs. But, um, yeah, you're not going to make Europe if you drop points <laughs> to, to Hull at home. So Definitely not. Um, on the FanDuel side, I'll note Kevin Swanson wrote up uh, Harry Maguire, which um, I'm sure he probably doesn't even – think about that it's just mcguire's in his article every week uh but he should i mean this seems like the ideal situation you know he's going to be defending quite a bit against an everton attack that's flying so it certainly yeah. makes sense i can't i can't give him crap for a bad pick <laughs> no definitely not anybody else on like uh, it seemed like hull was finally starting to get us some like decent fantasy options like andrew robertson had been playable yeah uh elma hammity Markovic. Markovic, yeah, and now this is just it's, a matchup to Yeah, this is one where I'm def I'm probably gonna fade the whole roster just because it's a tough matchup at Everton. Everton's been playing really well lately. And so that just makes it difficult, especially on the road, to consider 
mm-hmm. any old players. Grosicki, he seems like he's been a really good play lately. Um, that's, I guess, my main option uh, if I'm going to go with any Hull players. But it's pretty difficult to take them on the road. And yeah. Everton has been playing well. Yeah, it's a big slate too, so it's not like we're like desperate for right for guys. Hmm. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, we'll see. All right, next up is West Ham hosting Leicester. Leicester coming off a huge win over Sevilla in the Champions League. They will now get to face Atletico Madrid in the next round, but that's not for another few, about a month now. Um, do you think we have a Leicester letdown? Do we? Are they going to keep flying? I mean, West Ham haven't been great either, um, but, I mean, we have a yeah. whole season worth of Leicester not playing well in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I, there's really been nothing yet that I, where I can consider Leicester to kind of turn around the Premier League. The uh, the Champions League, however, is a different story. So, I just I think West Ham. I I've like you know I've been watching quite a bit of them lately, and I, despite some tough results, I think that they're kind of trying to put it together. Uh, I know Andy Carroll was struggling with some injuries, and so it's it'll be nice to get some consistency with uh, Michelle Antonio and then Andy Carroll. And so I, I like West Ham in this matchup, and I just think that, you know, after a big week for Leicester City in the Champions League, that they're going to struggle against West Ham this weekend. And so I, I like West Ham to take this one, and uh, definitely I, I like the uh, consistency that we might see from Carroll and Antonio, and then Lanzini as well, mm-hmm. West Ham. So, yeah, I'd, I don't think Leicester gets it done here uh, against West Ham, but it was definitely a uh, pretty encouraging and surprising to see them advance to the next round. <laughs> Though I, I don't really, I'm not going to give them a flying chance against Atletico. <laughs> I think All the that, other, that, that might get ugly. Yeah. The other three matchups, I saw some, some of the early stack projections and they're all basically 51 49. Um, in case anybody hasn't seen them, the other ones are Dortmund Monaco, which should be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Bayern Munich and Real Madrid, which could be a final, and Juventus and Barcelona, which could also be a final. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, those are going to be really must watch soccer yeah. right there. But yeah, there's Leicester all of a sudden still in <laughs> it. But uh, I mean, as much as everybody was kind of shaming Leicester for firing Claudio Ranieri, they have six goals in their last two Premier League matches after going six without a goal. Um, they were both at home, so maybe we we don't know how they are away because they've been shut out in, I think, three or four straight away matches. But um, So if you're not a believer in Leicester, uh, who's the first guy you look for at West Ham? Um, I've, I think Carroll, honestly. Uh, just... He when he's in the West Ham West Ham lineup, they've looked so much better than you know versus him missing when they've had to rely on Antonio to kind of lead the attacking line. I think Antonio is much better on the wing versus you know starting at striker, and so I just think that West Ham is you know a lot better with Andy Carroll in the lineup. And I can't believe I'm saying that, <laughs> you know, knowing what I know about Andy Carroll, but he's definitely definitely the the the. One player that I'd like to get from West Ham, Antonio would be, you know, a second choice if I could also get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, Snodgrass is kind of the kicker here because um, I guess he came off the bench last week because he's been dealing with some ankle and knee and soreness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's basically turned about to turn into the whole city with Snodgrass again. Like he's crossing a ton, even though he's splitting corners with Lanzini. Uh, Lanzini was kind of a bust last weekend uh, without. Uh, Snodgrass in he only sent in three corners 
with or three crosses, excuse me, which is, you know, you kind of expected more. The thing I like about Antonio and I like sp- specifically when Carol is there that like he he does a lot uh, like he gets he sends in crosses, he wins fouls, he or draws fouls, he wins tackles, but he doesn't do them enough to make like a to be like a safe cash game play kind of like Snodgrass. But yeah. if he scores like you get all of those extra points. So like not that like his goals count more, but like it you get more from Antonio scoring than you do like from Lanzini scoring. And so like that's why like Antonio's always like gonna be in play for me. The Leicester cool. side, like I'm not sure like like if they came out like flying, like I nobody would be surprised, right? Right, just to keep it continue what they've had going on. Right, right. I mean, it's like basically the same guys from last year, but substitute um, Wilfred Andini for Angolo Conte, and like it's Drinkwater, all Brighton and Mares out wide. Um, I'm surprised that that um, Craig Shakespeare is it Craig Shakespeare? Yeah, I certainly know what part of half of that is. Um, huh. That Okazaki's yeah. getting the call over Slimani, but I mean it's working. So I, I don't know how you. Hey, question yeah. it, but I feel like so, we're getting real close to one of those like fifteen cross games from All Brighton, which is just—I mean, yeah, we're thirteen last you know, last week or two weekends ago against Hull. Maybe I shouldn't expect the same out of West Ham, but yeah, I'm at what point? Like, I mean, Vardy has Jamie Vardy hasn't—he's been just a shell of, of of what he was last season. So I'm, I'm wondering at what point does like maybe he miss some time? I know he's. And he re-signed with the club, but I'm, I would not be expect like you see. I saw when I was watching that game against Sevilla, he he had that clear cut chance to put the game away, oh. and then it, like he just looked like a striker who didn't really know what he was doing. <laughs> and, like what? And obviously, you know, he's a professional player, but still, he got he gets through on goal, and I, that's one you got to put home for me. It was I think it was in the second half, so it just looked like a, a you know a player who's who's not a confident and not a player who's in form right now either. Yeah. I think we're also getting close. Mares scored against Hull in their last Premier League match, but I feel like we're getting close to the Mares breakout game. Yeah. And all these people are going to be like, I told you, I told you, ignoring that they've lost money since, you know, November because he <laughs> yeah. keeps doing nothing. But I mean, Mares and Vardy are kind of your classic GPP plays because yeah. Yeah, they, they could blow up at any point. And at West Ham, West Ham, I think, is still better on the road than they are at home so um here i was i was talking all that trash about vardy and he's had double digit fantasy points on DraftKings in his last four games so (laughs) (laughs) now i gotta rethink my whole thought process but yeah well oh he did have wow 12 last week 12 29 13 yeah i mean he's always gonna get obviously he'll get there with the goals but you know so yeah. The assists, I don't think you can rely on, but that's about wow, twelve points without a goal or assist is kind of surprising. Yeah. Take that. Um, and a yellow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, solid I, game I, for Vardy. Yeah. Either way. After I trashed him. Yeah. Well, again, he's he's just as close to two points as he is to fifteen. So. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's move on to Crystal Palace hosting Watford. Um, Ooh. This might be slightly more exciting than Sunderland Burnley. Um, yeah, uh, we have Andrus Townsend back from the dead, which is kind of nice to see. Um, and then 
all the other guys I feel like are all pretty much the same in terms of fantasy upside, punch in Kabai. Even Zaha hasn't been that great since coming back from Africa Cup of Nations. He did score against West Brom, but um, he's just not, not doing a ton either. Like he went from being a fairly reliable option to basically a, a goal dependent midfielder, which is kind of a bummer. I guess he can play forward and on DraftKings, but uh, Watford side, you got this regular guys, Olabas, Etienne Capu might play, Dini. Um, who are you looking at from this game? Um, I'm looking at Benteke, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got, I believe, on, he's got, has the fourth best scoring odds. Um, and he comes slightly cheaper than some of the other options that we're going to see in this slate. Um, he is, I guess, find his price here but um that's just so i, I like those goal scoring odds a eh? and yeah, 6300 so yeah, it's, it's gonna be cheap. tough to see him find him at a cheaper um rate especially against watford watford's not necessarily the greatest defensive side but i'm, I'm looking for a little christian benteke breakout game here against watford oh no, there we go um i am not <laughs> <laughs> uh it's more i mean it makes sense he's he's taken a decent number of shots recently other than that donut he put up at Stoke. But um, I don't know. I think I I would probably be more um, more likely to go with Dini. Uh, okay. Dini's got, let me see, five goals in his last six, which is a, that's actually a much better run than I thought he was on. But um, I guess the only other guy that I would really consider um, – is Jeff Schlupp, who I guess may be starting with Van Onholt out for a while. The only problem with Schlupp at 3,200 on DraftKings, which is absurdly cheap. Really cheap. Is that, um, trying to say, oh, he's a midfielder on FanDuel. Well, so he's a midfielder. And the problem is, is that you have like a decent number of midfielders, of like very playable midfielders this week that, um, while like the salary savings helps, you're almost most likely not going to be able to make up the points. Like I'm sort of in always in the, in the opinion that Schlupp is more like promise than production. And so people get just like Van Anholt, like people get very excited and they're like, Oh, he's an attacking fullback. He's scored a few goals. So they get really excited, but then he show you know, he finishes with four fantasy points in 90 minutes and everyone's like, Oh, just one bad game. And we keep going back to that. And Schlupp, yeah. I feel like is like the perfect like for like replacement. <laughs> Yeah, for Van Anholt. Mm. Um, <clears throat> do you like Townsend, Kabai, or I mean, I'm sorry, Punchin or Kabai? Um, I would say Punchin over Kabai, but that's just because he's a little bit higher up the pitch. Yeah. Um, Kabai tends to take their set pieces, I believe. He's been splitting I... corners with Townsend, basically okay. you know, left side, right side. But if I had to pick one, I would go with Punchin mm-hmm. over Kabai, but I. Not totally, uh, totally confident in that pick either. <laughs> yeah, Kabai's got assists in back-to-back games. Oh, so he's got. Might change my opinion now. <laughs> well, like, who gets the assist on Benteke's goal? I think Benteke just does it himself. Oh, okay. No assists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would if it, if it's going to come, it would be from punching, mm-hmm. and that's just just uh, could be a terrible assumption right there. <laughs> It's weird. I look at Kabai more as like a FanDuel play because they, you know, you get extra points for like the tackles and the the defensive yeah. stats. 
but looking he's got 20 20 and three quarters and 20 points in his last two games which include two assists like he actually doesn't get that many points anymore he hasn't been recently he had like a solid run before but um it's almost like his days of being a 20 point scorer just on peripherals or, or it's kind of over but yeah i don't know it seems like you should have crystal palace exposure home against watford yeah i would i would, that's definitely agree with that uh I typically, you know, you talked about FanDuel and DraftKings. I typically just play DraftKings. So mm-hmm. when I do, when I talk about players, I'm I uh, should definitely consider that uh, they're more, you know, offensive stats versus some of the defensive stats on, yep. that you're going to see on FanDuel. So, Makes sense. Yeah. So do you, what do you think the score of this game is? Um, three one Crystal Palace. Whoa. Yeah, maybe uh, the Benteke ben- hat trick, unassisted yeah, hat trick. It's, it's got to happen now. Wow. All right. All right. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I could see Crystal Palace uh, winning this game here. Okay. They've had, I believe they've had, what, back-to-back shutouts, too? Um, was, that, was that? Maybe I'm thinking of a different. No, you were you're right. You were right. Yeah. So Home against we, Burrow I mean, and at West Brom. Yeah, it's Allardyce. Yeah. Just came through and, uh, you know, kept it tight at the back now. So I guess that was against Burrow and West Brom, though, so I can't consider that too heavily. Well, I mean, it's Watford. Yeah. It's not like we're... That's, yeah, that's true. Home against Chelsea. <laughs> yep. Um, speaking of home against Chelsea, that'll be Stoke. Um, they're next up on the list. Sounds like Jordan Shakiri, um is available, and I'm not sure that changes my opinion about Stoke at all. Um, the biggest thing will be whether um, Cesc Fabregas starts or not, because... It's one of those like we know he's taking set pieces when when he starts and when he doesn't, it could be one of three or four different guys. It had been Pedro. We've seen Hazard at times. Um, David Luiz takes a few true like shooting possible set pieces, not yeah. not corners. But um, is there any reason to think anyone from Stoke will do anything? Um, <laughs> I don't, that's, I would say no, Okay. we've seen what Chelsea has done all season. And, uh, although they're on the road, I don't think that makes much of much of a difference for, uh, what we've seen from them all season. They've, they've done a home and away. So there's no reason for us to think differently. Um, the only, I always just, you know, I got a, a soft spot for Joe Allen, but definitely he, more in a, uh, in a, you know, fantasy format that considers more defensive stats too, like interceptions, and that'd be the only player like in, in FanDuel or uh, or Taga if you've mm-hmm. got him in Taga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Kevin Swanson, I'll drop him again. Pointed out Jeff Cameron at forty eight hundred on FanDuel, which is pretty cheap for, and he's playing or he's listed yeah. as a defender on FanDuel. And you figure he should be pretty busy trying to slow down the the Chelsea attack as long as they don't um, just blow right by him, but. Um, from the Chelsea side, or so I mentioned before that Lee Grant's the cheapest homekeeper on on DraftKings, excuse me. And the like home against Chelsea sometimes like should be enough to be like, all right, forget it. Um, but we've seen guys like post huge scores playing against like Manchester United and City just because they, they pepper them with shots. But this yeah. is something that Mike and I have touched on before that like Chelsea either. Chelsea don't 
get a ton of shots on target because they just don't shoot that much. And when they do shoot, they tend to go in. So like you're you're not giving yourself a ton of save upside. Like they Chelsea just don't force a lot of saves. And they score a lot. So like it's that's like the exact opposite combination that you want for a goalkeeper because Grant is now, you know, you're not gonna get much if he allows three goals and makes two saves. Yeah. Which seems possible even at Stoke. Totally. Yeah, it's just really tough to consider Grant against Chelsea. I just I mean we're, we're, we got to see a Chelsea slip up at some point, but I don't think it comes against Stoke City. <laughs> Probably not. Um, have... yeah, you mentioned Cameron. It's it's uh, nice to see him back in the lineup, and mm-hmm. especially he's considered a defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he, he typically plays as a holding midfielder for Stoke, so right. that's uh, especially – you know, it's, it seems like a good play there too. Yeah. We saw Saito Barahino get a start against Man City in their last Premier League match. He had one shot, one tackle in 79 minutes. Uh, I don't expect a whole lot more now. I don't know if they'll start Peter Crouch. It seems like attacking Chelsea works better with speed up front just because Cahill and David Luiz aren't the fastest of players, which kind of takes Peter Crouch out. Yeah. Um, Though sometimes giraffes can run pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, I'm just not, I don't know. I don't see much from Stoke in terms of DraftKings just because, again, you're you're kind of relying on them to do something against Chelsea. I guess Shakiri would take set pieces if they if he starts, which is something that Charlie Adam had been doing. Um, although we also, I think somebody poached them recently too that was frustrating. It wasn't Joe Allen either, but... Either way, yeah, I'll stay away from Stoke, at least on DraftKings. Um, final game of the Saturday slate, Burnmouth hosting Swansea. Um, we have Gilfie Sigurdsson and pretty much everyone else. Um, do you have any sort of read on whether Josh King is going to score or not? <laughs> um, I don't, but uh, it sounds like... Um... I know in this in Swansea's presser, uh, Paul Clement had mentioned that Stephen Kingsley will start oh. at uh, left back. Yeah, he, he said that straight out that he's going to play. So um, now he probably won't play. So, yeah. <laughs> that being said, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I think I don't know if Josh King will score here, but this is this is like a game of two lower sides that I'll actually I'll definitely be tuned in for it. Um, I think that it could be an interesting game and could uh, could offer a couple goals too. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like this game more so than the uh, some of the other crappier games we, we mentioned <laughs> earlier. How Just, dare you I mean, call I love Sunderland Burnley? And, yeah, yeah, come on now. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely neither side is capable of shutting the other one out. No. So that gives us a little more opportunity. Um, Speaking with someone earlier today about Ryan Frazier, because you're like, oh, the because Frazier's been taking set pieces, so like set pieces at home against Swansea is like a decent opportunity. Um, Swansea surprisingly don't allow a ton of crosses, um, despite allowing a boatload of goals. So like <laughs> the the Frazier like double digit upside or floor, excuse me, I don't think is necessarily there because he's not crossing a ton. Um, but again, taking corners certainly helps. Um, Swansea 
I just don't know. Kingsley, I think, is definitely in play. I think, uh, what is he, 3,200, I think, on DraftKings, which 3,400, yeah. excuse me, is really attractive for a fullback against Burnmouth. Yeah. Um, Jordi Amat, I think, is also going to play out wide. He came on for Martin Olsen when he got hurt last yeah. week. But mm-hmm. Amat is 2,900, which makes looks good, but Amat is like a center back. Like, he's not... He's there because he's the he's the last guy that they have. So, um, I wouldn't necessarily play him thinking you're going to get. It's like you know when Gabriel started for Arsenal in place of Bellerin. Like that's that's the situation. So yeah, totally. Or uh, like Chamber or uh, yeah, Callum Chambers playing that wide. Yeah, yeah. Although he did have a, a couple a couple games that looked he looked like he at least had played right back before as opposed to yeah. Gabriel. Like he wasn't in there just to win headers. Right, right, right. Um, so Burnmouth, it's like Frazier, Josh King. Um, I don't know who's going to take penalties when Frazier inevitably oh. draws oh. one. Oh, goodness. I just, yeah. It's tough to predict that considering how it went last weekend. Right, yeah. Um, Charlie Daniels took him last season, um, and you would think he would be next. I mean, if if King and Afobi both miss in the same game, um, were they both last week? They were, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I believe that was last week. So Daniels, I guess, could get a uh, an uh, an opportunity. You know, you're not going to make a fantasy decision based off of the possibility of a of a single penalty, but um, you know, Daniels is a left back playing against Swansea, so you you always have to consider it. Um, though, like I said, they don't allow a ton of a ton of crosses. Um, who, who do you look at for, for Swansea other than Sigurdsson? I mean, I guess we talked on, on Kingsley, but like, yeah, I really like um, your boy, Luciano. Darcing, really, yeah. if he starts, which I'm not sure why he doesn't somehow Wayne Routledge is yeah. considered better, but yeah, your should be back. Yeah, he uh, I think he's fit and should start. So that's uh, he's pretty goal dependent, but definitely yep. judging he's he's what had he had three three goals in three games I believe in his past three games. Um, so that's somebody to look at too. But I'm really intrigued by uh, and I might go with it uh, the outside backs for Swansea. I'm not really sure. Uh, like I mentioned, Kingsley before um, sounds like he's gonna feature, but uh, you know we'll we'll have to wait for lineups to come out. But yeah, it's. Kyle Naughton might return. Um, so those are some cheap options at uh, a defender that I, I might have to consider. So I'll probably go with one of those three. Hmm. But I, I have to really consider, um, uh, you know, who, who's going to have the best chance of, you know, racking up some points there. Yeah. But those are those are besides Sigurdsson. That's probably where I'd look for some value. Okay. I missed that Naughton. I thought he was out. So, yeah, he probably yeah. starts instead of a Mott. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, it's between those three. Yeah. I've, Kingsley, Naughton, and then uh, Amat. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, I would like to see Narsing get a start, but man, Same. like I just, I don't, I don't get it. He offers a lot more than Routledge does. You would think. You would think. Um, all right, Sunday slate uh, has a ton of our favorite fantasy players in it, which is why we are stuck talking about Sunderland and Burnley and Crystal Palace and Watford for the Saturday slate. Uh, three games starting at 8 a.m. Eastern. Burrow hosting Man United. 10:15 is Spurs against Southampton, and 12:30 Man City hosting Liverpool. Um, so 
Manchester United is going to be without Paul Pogba. They're without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, they are without Daily Blind, and they should probably win this one handily, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Boro uh, getting rid of Itor Karanka this week, mm-hmm. it could. Uh, it's tough. Like you know, you you lose your manager in the middle of the week, and then to go play, you know, in the following in a couple of days, it's a. Uh, especially against Manchester United, it doesn't get easy any easier for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, that being said, we've seen a couple of, uh, you know, we saw Leicester uh, and Swansea, they've turned it around after they've, you know, a little bit after they've let their managers go. But I don't think that uh, that Borough has the the, uh, the talent to do that, especially against Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of a reason why he got fired. So <laughs> Totally. Um, the you... Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, I guess um, without Pogba and Ibrahimovic, uh, Mkhitaryan is looks like a pretty good play this weekend. Mm-hmm. In my, you know, he's going to have to be the playmaker for them too. So I really like him, and it's, it sounds like maybe Marcus Rashford up top. Yep. In place of uh, Zlatan. So. Yeah, I assume that happens, and then um, Fellaini, I guess, could start or. Jesse Lingard might be able to get a run. They they kind of they played Thursday in the in Europa. That's where Pogba and Blin got hurt. So you know, they have this kind of condensed schedule right now. Although the international break is coming up, which helps them. But um, yeah, the Burrow. I just not that we were going to see a lot from Burrow, even if Karanka kept his job. But I don't think people are expecting a Craig Shakespearean esque turnaround for for Burrow. <laughs> um, to the, I mean. That being said, um, Victor Valdez is playing against a United side that has allowed some huge goalkeeper performances this season. I mean, I think Jakubovic had that eight-save yeah. eight shutout. Uh, Tom Heaton had that 11-save clean sheet. Both of those, I think, were at Old Trafford. This one is not there. But are you willing to go with Valdez? I mean... Um, um. I think I'm I'm more on I'm on the opposite side where I'd prefer to take the United attack versus you know the the Boral goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but that that's just because you know typically when you we look at United, there's just a ton of uh, like you know Zlatan and Pogba are both going to be pretty expensive plays. But this you know this with them both missing due to injury, we're going to be able to see a little bit of value um, in some of their plays. So I think you know Rashford is at a. Uh, He's at sixty nine hundred, and if he gets a start, that and that's going to be somebody that I I would assume that I'm going to put in my lineup just because mm-hmm. he's so cheap. And I mean, the, they're playing against Boro, who look you know kind of destined for the uh, the championship next season. So, oh, yeah. but yeah, um, I don't want to put the curse on them yet. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move to another game because I think we said all we had there. Spurs <laughs> home against Southampton. No Harry Kane. So it's kind of we're not quite sure if we're going to see Vincent Janssen take that spot or if uh, maybe Sun gets a start up front by himself. It's kind of, you know, they have enough pieces where they can um, kind of adjust their lineup. Uh, Musa Dembele's fit. He was held out of the Monday FA Cup match. Uh, Victor Wanyama's a little banged up. So is Kyle Walker, which means uh, maybe we see Kieran Trippier, although... We probably don't. Um, now yeah. that I've said that, Trippier is <laughs> not even that cheap anyway. So, um, is do you think this is an opportunity for for Southampton to kind of sneak one against a banged up Spurs side? 
Um, I, it, it, I could see this being a pretty competitive match, definitely. Um, Gabbiadini has been good for Southampton since coming over. And so, yeah, I could see, I mean, I, it's tough to say whether or not they'll be able to, you know, get the win, but I could see them uh, staying competitive at least, especially with Harry Kane missing. Um, pretty unfortunate that he, he's got that ankle injury again, but I, the Sun played pretty well for him while he was out earlier in the season too. So that, mm-hmm. that's that should be also be noted. But, yeah, definitely Sun would be a play that I'm looking at, especially with Kane gone now. Yeah. We, um, I mean, we'll have the Dusan Tadic, whether you play him or not. Yeah. 5,900 is... Uh, That's about as cheap as Tadic has gotten, I believe. I'll have to he, uh, Yeah, somehow he had a goal and two assists last week, and his price went down $300. Um, James Ward-Prowse is at 51. He's still basically a solid cash play, I think, just because of the the crosses and the shots, although, um, you know, you never know what, what they're going to do yeah. at White Hart Lane, but. Yeah, this is the, Tadich's price is the cheapest it's been in 10 games. Wow. He's coming off that goal and two assists, like you mentioned. So yeah, he, uh, that, that that's a pretty solid price and yeah. definitely to consider. Yeah. And then Erickson, I think will probably be one of the top cash plays just cause, um, you know, obviously the the set pieces helps, and then somehow he'll probably shoot more. Even though I think he's second in the league of shots anyway, he'll shoot yeah. more with Kane. Although, do you think the lack of Kane hurts Erickson much? I don't think so at all. Um, we've seen throughout the year that he, I mean, even when Kane was gone a little bit earlier this year, he is going to get those crosses. Going to push. He shoots so much as well. So yeah. I think his value still remains pretty good like his you know his his fantasy output it still remains pretty good even though harry kane will be missing yeah i agree it's kind of a weird weird slate because i mean you know that erickson's taking set pieces for for spurs on the united side going back to that game like you don't really know if it's going to be mata or mkhitaryan or uh those are probably the only two that would do it with blind out so but either way, if those two are splitting it, then you kind of have you have that problem there. Totally. Um, and then I think James Ward Prowse is uh, definitely somebody to like that I would like to. It's between him and Tadic. Uh, right. Prowse is Ward Prowse is a little bit cheaper. I think he's fifty one hundred on DraftKings this weekend. Yeah. But he's also he's also going to take the set pieces too. I think we've seen that happen. Um, recently so i like ward Prowse too especially at 5100 he got his first i believe it was his first england uh call up this week as yep. well yep there was a uh, there was a great video on southampton's uh twitter account where he um it was like a you know 13 year old james ward Prowse, and he, his goal was to get into the england senior side wow so, yeah it was, it was a pretty good video definitely would we'll check it out if you can um yeah that's awesome um let's go to the last game which is one you have some thoughts on, I'm sure. Uh, we've got Liverpool at Man City. Uh, we saw Divock Origi get a start last week for Roberto Firmino, who sounds like he could return. Uh, Man yeah. City coming off their loss to Monaco in the Champions League, which um, it's one of these, like, they're never going to have a problem scoring. Uh, defending is really the issue. So do you think Liverpool has a shot to to grab three points here? I do. <laughs> um, you're probably not surprised by that. 
Um, yeah, I think we've seen over you know the last couple of years, these Liverpool and Manchester City have been pretty good games, pretty competitive games. There's never been like any huge blowouts, but uh, I think if Roberto Firmino uh, returns to the you know, if he's healthy and can play, then I think Liverpool's got a pretty good shot. If he's out, then I, I really don't like our chances against City, um, especially, you know, kind of on, on that, uh, coming off that loss in Monaco. I think City's going to come back with a better performance than what they put forward there. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like Henderson is going to miss out again, but he's he's hopefully going to return for the, uh, the Everton game um, following the international break. But, yeah, it's Liverpool, I like them. Good, good chance to win this if Firmino's in the lineup. Uh, sounds like he's going to train tomorrow, but yeah, if he's out, then I, I like City a lot more in this. Hmm. So, but yeah, we've seen Georgino Wijnaldum. He's been he's playing awesome. pretty well, scoring a couple goals lately too. So, I don't uh, double check his price, but something to consider. Um, but yeah, other than, <clears throat> other than that, um, Firmino's the big play here for me. If I'm, you know, if I'm going to take anybody from Liverpool, but yeah, I expect maybe you know couple goals on this but in a, expect it to be relatively competitive what do you think about Coutinho seems like you must left him out yeah I don't I haven't he's been was he's up to 8900 in this slate um he has had pretty good performances and he had his double digits in four of his past five uh fantasy games or in his past five games I should say mm-hmm. so yeah I, we just haven't seen any goals out of him lately I guess we he scored against Leicester but He's kind of uh, versus, you know, he started out the beginning of the season pretty well, and uh, I'd like to see him score a couple more goals. Okay. But yeah. And it's I, tough tough not to, cons- you know, you got to think about that front three of Liverpool regardless of who they're playing. So it can be pretty hit or miss. Yeah. I uh, wrote about the Man City midfield for the Wednesday Champions League slate, and I feel like they are starting to become fantasy wise kind of close to what we saw um, Liverpool doing at the beginning of the year that they're all kind of capable of doing a lot, but you never know which one it's going to be earlier in the year. Like, and that was with Milner taking basically most of the set pieces. And now they kind of keep splitting them between De Bruyne and Silva De Bruyne. I don't want to like call De Bruyne unplayable, but like he, he's basically, starting to look unplayable. I guess he had 10 crosses last week, but then didn't take a shot that, you know, he's, he's playing a little further back this year, which has kind of hurt, hurt his ability to, to accumulate these stats that we're so used to seeing him get. Uh, and Sterling and Leroy Sané obviously look really good. Um, this Aguero guy's not bad. So, um, you know, he's <laughs> always in consideration. Although, I guess there's a possibility that we could see some rotation. I realize it's like a big game, but yeah, um, you know, it's possible that some of these guys don't necessarily start after after the Wednesday game. I don't know if that that probably doesn't mean Kolechi Iannaccio for Aguero. Um, no, I, I don't. I'm guessing Nolito is probably the first one who who could get a call. Um, Might see Aguero's minutes managed too. Maybe right. play sixty minutes and then you know a subbed off or something like that, depending on how the game's going too. Right, and you never know how they'll play defensively because Pep kind of changes lineups whenever he wants. So yeah, totally. You know, whether it's th- I can't imagine they play three in the back against um, against Liverpool, particularly with how poor they've been defending. Yeah. So 
yeah, I don't, I don't see them going three at the back. Yeah, they've played four basically f- for the last uh, month or two. Or actually, it's a little further than that, I guess. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm not sure where to go with this Man City team because they basically all just feel like GPP players now. There's, it's tough yeah. to find like a reliable cash option, which seems crazy because De Bruyne used to be the, the definition of a cash play. Yeah, totally. I, it's tough to pick. It's it's same on the Liverpool side where it's just like tough to pick, you know, exactly which player it's going to be. Right. Especially, you know, because they're it could be for City, it could be De Bruyne seems like the most you know consistent play, but you know Aguero also. But you know, like coming off, it's just going to be a tough, a difficult decision whether you know they're they're all going to play you know in the full ninety minutes or not too, or if there'll be their minutes will be managed and maybe they don't start too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear it's not going to be Lalana, which means he's definitely scoring twice. Yeah, but hundred percent. But yeah, I can't see Lalana, which is like I and earlier in the year, like I jumped in on Lalana basically at the end. Maybe that's what it was. That as soon as he scored that last goal, I was like, all right, I'll finally accept that Lalana is like a legitimate fantasy option, and I think he has no goals and one assist since then. Which it's just what what I do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the nature of the beast. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the whole slate. Um, we I have a lineup from Mike that um, doesn't really need to be made fun of since we didn't go through it. He has Luciano Narsing in there, so that, that obviously already makes us think it's a little better than it is. But Yeah, totally. um, I like it. <laughs> we'll forget that for now since I think we touched on a good number of guys during the, uh, during the previews for each game. So... Uh, Chris, thank you again for filling in, and good luck this weekend. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.